Hi, Tim. Hey, Ash. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall. Where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways we can promote positive change in musical theater. What puzzler do you have for us this week, Tim? This week, here we go. What musical won the Pulitzer Prize in 1975 and the Tony Award for Best Musical that same year? Ooh, we have to think about what happened in the 70s. Yeah, major, major milestone in the 1970s. -hmm. We'll come back at the end of this episode and we will discover that answer together. So what's in the news? First off, there is going to be a North American tour of the musical Aida that is launching very soon in 2021, I believe. It's going to start at Paper Mill in February. And what has been announced specifically about the casting of this musical? Really exciting. The entire cast is made up of actors of color. That is incredible. And I am so excited about the positive change that is occurring. We're seeing it. We're starting to see it a little bit more. And you can bet that we are getting, when it comes to LA or comes to Southern California, we are going to be there to see this show. And it's specifically a cast of actors that are all black. Yes. And what an exciting adventure that's going to be. And I'm sure it's going to have, people are going to respond in different ways. I've already seen some people commenting mm-hmm. about, well, but it's just, let's just celebrate that it's a cast of an entire community of actors that are that are from the black community. And I think that's just, it's such a great positive change to see happening. Yes, and we are continuing to normalize this idea of diverse casting. And so I celebrate the new tour of Aida, and I cannot wait to see it. Yes. Also, what is this rumor that's going <laughs> on about the Saturday Night Live okay. cast member producing this musical about Brigadoon? So Cecily Strong, who mm-hmm. has been a cast member for a handful of seasons on SNL. Love her. Uh, she's now been tapped to produce and star on behalf of Apple's new streaming service, uh, a, um, a spinoff inspired by the musical Brigadoon. And so let me just give you in quotes a little uh, quote about the kind of the context that uh, they're working on developing right now. So this new uh, series, TV series for Apple is going to, it follows a couple on a backpacking trip designed to reinvigorate, reinvigorate their relationship when they discover the magical town of Schmigadoon, <laughs> in which everyone acts as if they're in a studio musical from the 1940s. This is like my perfect dream. <laughs> then they discover that they can't leave until they find true love. So it's very indicative of the original story of Brigadoon, but they're adapting it, giving a little bit of a spin. And of course, we know Cecily Strong. She's hilarious. So is it going to be comedic, I'm guessing? I have to imagine, I mean, yeah. Like, they're pro- and they're probably going to make fun of... The vein of S. And all yeah, that, that yeah, skit yeah. Com- comedy style. Cool. But could you imagine like people just bursting out in song and randomly and, and uh, yeah, that's what we do for a living. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine wake up in the morning and like all of a sudden music plays and you're like singing, "Oh, what a beautiful morning." Yes, yes, I can actually. Yeah, I do it every morning. <laughs> well, that sounds interesting. We'll check that out when it comes. Also, there are some rumors floating around that another dun-dun-dun movie musical adaptation Mm -hmm. is going to be happening of the musical Matilda. Mm -hmm. Specifically in the UK is what this rumor is kind of discussing and yeah that it's going to be produced by sony and netflix and uh it's rumored right now but they're developing a musical adaptation it's been in the talks in development stages since 2015 and it is expected to receive a theatrical and home video release exclusively for the uk so it's not going to be making its way over here but um it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds if it even happens 
And then also, the a new musical, another musical, has been announced. It's heading to Broadway, but it's going to start at Chicago first mm-hmm. before it goes to Broadway. So out of town tryouts. The musical I have been waiting for. <laughs> it's your dream musical. For my entire life, The Notebook. Whenever I come home and I know it's been a rough day for Ashley, <laughs> that TV will be on, the glass of wine will be in hand, and she'll be sitting there, tissues in hand, watching Crying the notebook. Crying the notebook. We have it, we have it purchased on our, um, <laughs> on our Apple TV, and I think Ashley has probably watched it about 60,000 times, and it never gets old, does it? It's so... Good. I mean, they're in the rain, and she's like, "Why didn't you write me? Why didn't you? I wrote you, I wrote I you wrote every, every day. day. It's still not over. Still not over. Oh my god, it's so amazing. They better so, have that moment on the dock, you know, when they yes. see each other and the rain's falling, and and yeah. I will be at that open call, and it better be a melt mezzo belty roll. And from what I Ooh. hear, the casting—it's a really unique concept. From what I hear, they're doing three different ages of the. It's uh, so Janine Tesori. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And um, they're all different actors of color. Uh, from what That's I've heard, amazing. I know um, that Haley Kilgore is one of them. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. And so I'm interested and excited to see, you know, this concept and how they're going to play out the notebook on the Broadway stage. Yes. And what I think is so amazing is that we are starting to see the development of when a role is played by multiple people in multiple mm-hmm. ages, that we are starting to walk away from the idea that they must look alike because an audience is not dumb. That's right. And and you know what? I, I, I was lucky enough to watch your performance last night, your pre-performance of Fun Home. And it got Aww. me thinking actually about this very topic yes. about, you know, is is it, uh, are we okay to accept the fact that there can be three Allisons of color? Yes. So in just for folks that may not know, we're talking about uh, Fun Home, sorry. Fun Home the musical where you see Alison Bechtel on three different stages. Mm-hmm. We also see this with Shrek the musical and um, with Fiona in three different stages. And then also Janine Tesori also wrote Violet and you see Violet in two different stages. Mm-hmm. Do they need to look the same? And will an audience get it if they're not the same appearance? And I know that there are some people out there that are truists and are like, you know, you must look like Alison Bechtel. You must have dark hair. But you know what? Um, I've seen productions where they've used actors of color uh, in various roles and various capacities in the three different Allisons. And I think that's really cool. Yes. Because it's now the story and the message outweighs the color of the person's skin. And I think that's something that we can take away from from that, you know, from those kinds of experiences. Absolutely. And I think we should be allowed as directors and as creative people, the creative freedom to, to express ourselves through that medium and I think that's a really great thing sure and the idea of if if two people are married and they have a kid and you just did this in your production do they have to be you know do they have to look that they had a kid together yeah. like we need to break away from that idea and so I'm very excited that they're doing that with a notebook mm-hmm. so I can't wait to see it um, we probably won't be able to catch it in Chicago but I hope when it gets to the Broadway um, that we'll we'll catch it that's right I'm very excited so I um I started to think the past few days about our topic for this week. Mm -hmm. And we're always thinking about, okay, what's happening right now in our lives and in lives of our colleagues, our students, our other fellow actor friends and folks out there in this industry. What's the buzz Mm -hmm. for this week? Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be really nice. Just take a moment to talk about what we have seen in response to this outcry for positive change. Oh, yeah. And it's not just us, the two of us that are outcrying for this. It is so many of our colleagues, our friends, our fellow actors, our students, Mm -hmm. our mentors, 
And so I wanted just to take the time to say what changes have we seen and what's been the response? I think it's been, I think it's been enormous. Uh, I think that, you know, I know in our personal lives, now that we are kind of being known as being more vocal about this very experience, sure. people are starting to ask us a lot of questions. So um, what specifically examples have you seen lately, either at work or in the professional world or in the news? What have you, anything that you've seen? I can identify two things. The first Great. thing is casting breakdowns. I'm starting to see people starting to be more open and receptive to all people from all walks of life in yes. the way that they're having their audition breakdowns. Uh, you know, there's a couple regional theater companies out here in Southern California who are starting to walk the walk and, yes. and not just saying that we are about promoting greater diversity and inclusion, they're right, actually little... cognitively reframing the structure of their audition breakdowns. That's fantastic. Sure. And specifically, I wanted to shout out to Moonlight Stage Productions mm-hmm. down in Vista because I've worked for them a bunch of times. And they this when their posting came out for their auditions, which is just a summer right. audition section where they're auditioning for five shows at one time. Their breakdown come, came out, and all of a sudden, I was slapped in the face in a very good way. <laughs> I, I was, saw too, right. I was so excited because they had pronouns mm-hmm. on all of the creative team. Mm-hmm. The roles were very specific, or they were could be um, gender fluid. Mm-hmm. They didn't specify with, oh, the pretty, outgoing girl next door. Their breakdowns were so inclusive. Absolutely. So well. And it wasn't even like baby steps. They like took a leap into the into the other side mm-hmm. and it was just really fantastic to see that and they they it wasn't just the blurb about what you're saying which is oh we're all people their their breakdown was just so well done inclusive and that's the first one that i've ever seen mm-hmm. in california that has just really done an about face and so i just want to kind of bravo off to moonlight them. and i hope i hope other people other major regional theaters pick yes. up that same steam and we keep you know fighting for the change that we want to see yeah and i i think we're starting to see a few baby steps and mm-hmm. the casting breakdowns i've seen even on equity we're starting to see pronouns yeah. we're starting to see um gender being fluid we're starting to see um the encouragement of being inclusive to all people and making it a space for all people that's right and it's it's starting to it's starting to change, and we're just at the beginning of it. Also, uh, another exciting thing that I saw have have experienced in the last two weeks, my own college is cognitively and actively making strides to increase this. We really work with this idea of equity growth mindset at our campus. And we're trying to create as equitable environment for all of our students from our students of color, all backgrounds, whatever they may be. But we had a fantastic speaker come. His name was Dr. Sean Parker from USC and deliver this wonderful keynote speech at the beginning of the semester and talk about how, you know, we talk a lot about it, but are we actually committing ourselves to doing it in the classroom? Mm -hmm. And something that I was inspired and I think a lot of my colleagues were inspired, especially in fine arts, was to create, look at our curriculum and say, are are we exposing our students to multitudes of different experiences? as opposed to just the white lens. Sure. And I am taking that to heart. And I'm really looking at, you know, uh, how I lecture in my performance-based classes and how I lecture in my history classes and making sure that we are acknowledging the contributions of all people from all walks of life and not just one particular lens. And so I hope, you know, it was really inspiring to see that because I think even our president acknowledged that he's got a long way to go in learning this process, but he's excited to take on that challenge. And so I think there's a conversation, there's a, there's an energy in the air that you can that's palpable. And 
another item I just wanted to throw out and remind is what we talked about at the beginning of the news that we see a cast of Aida mm-hmm. that is an, as a cast entirely made up of actors from the black community. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see that on Broadway. We're starting to see small changes. Mm-hmm. Is it perfect? Is it enough? I don't think so. No. But we have to celebrate the changes that we're starting to see happen because it is it is a slow process. We can't expect it to happen in the moment. Mm-hmm. Something else that I've noticed is when I have the opportunity to have a discussion with someone, what I have discovered is I now have feel like I have some tools mm-hmm. to begin a conversation with someone mm-hmm. when they may disagree with me mm-hmm. or they may I may feel like they're uninformed, mm-hmm. for example having conversations with folks when discussing West Side Story, Mena La Mancha, Evita, and saying, hey, what are your thoughts on a person that is Caucasian playing that role? Right. And also what I think we're becoming so attuned at doing is not pointing fingers, but asking questions, challenging people in the form of questions. Yeah. And saying, okay, we're approaching everything from an educational standpoint, you know, because uh, I think that's the easiest in into people being receptive to this experience. Um, yeah. And I've noticed that we're, we're starting to be really, really receptive to uh, trying to illuminate and educate people versus point fingers. And I, and I, this is what I always say to my students as well, because my students, oh, which gosh, they're so, they're so amazing. <laughs> the fact that they say, well, we know the problem. Why can't we just say, Hey, that mm-hmm. what you're saying is not you're you're misrepresenting somebody from that community. Right. Do you not realize what you're doing? But they stop. People will stop listening. And everybody is coming from a different time, a different generation, mm-hmm. different education, different experience. And just by saying, well, why would someone that's not from the Latinx community play that role? Well, it's always been done that way. Well, <laughs> if it's always been done that way, but just let's just think about that for a second. And even if by the end they don't agree with me, which sometimes mm-hmm. often happens, I've at least put a little nugget in their mind for them to oh, think of it. Oh, yeah, they're going it. home and they're, they're thinking they're of thinking it. They're thinking of it. And, and yeah, and I think that that is, isn't that part of the goal? Yes. Is getting, even if we don't feel like we've succeeded at the onset, we've planted a question in their mind. Now they're going to go and start really thinking about it. And maybe that seed will turn to something larger, you know, and they'll evolve on this very topic later. Sure. And if they don't, you know, we have to accept that. But at least we, I feel like we're starting to offer the tools necessary to have these conversations. And, And I'm hoping that everybody out there, that all of you wonderful folks listening are starting to feel more comfortable by having these conversations and trying to find a way to have them in a positive manner as much as we can. Cause I know we get so frustrated, right? Another example right now that my students are very frustrated about the hot topic is we're literally on in the 1950s and we're literally about to talk about West Side Story. And mm-hmm. we just jumped in last week and they're like, ah, class is over, but wait, let's <laughs> talk about what's going on on Broadway with uh-huh. the gentleman that's playing the role, the, that's Bernardo. Play, playing Bernardo, that has, it's the hashtag Me Too mm-hmm. and it's everywhere about hi, what he did mm-hmm. or what he was accused, mm-hmm. what he was accused, that's what I'm gonna say, that's what right. he's accused of doing to a fellow ballerina and why he's on Broadway. And why the producers and the director have continued to allow this person to perform on a Broadway stage when it is public knowledge of the accusations that are going on. And of course... But again, is... they are accusations. Yes, of course. And so we have to remember that. But it is a conversation that it's... it's it is just... Lovely isn't the right word. It is refreshing 
to have students that are comfortable talking to people that are older than them to say, hey, mm -hmm. why can we have a conversation about this? Whether we disagree or don't agree, we disagree or agree. Let's have a conversation about this. And you know, it's only natural. This is the part of the evolution of musical theater, both as performers and as creatives. There is generational change coming. And whether people want to accept it or not, there's a young generation of performers and creatives out there that are becoming more vocal and will not stand for the status quo and Absolutely. are pushing for cha greater change, are demanding greater change. And so I think we're on the forefront. We're watching this happen by way of our students' lens. But and we're not just watching. We're, we're we out are, walking the walk. We are. We are with, and I, because mm -hmm. we always say young people are coming up. Well, we're not. We're, <laughs> I we're, mean, we're part of the younger young, generation. But uh, we're not that young. But we're doing it too. Mm -hmm. We And we have colleagues that are, you know, even older than us. Yeah. And we're all doing this together. And I think also it's important to remind ourselves that we may all be thinking these things, but yes. we have to talk about them. Yes. We're so afraid to talk about race, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I know a lot of my Caucasian friends uh, are so afraid because they ask me, they go, how do I have a conversation about race when I don't know what, what context to bring? And I said, you can be an advocate. You can be, be an vocal. ally. Be an ally. Be yes. an ally. Be an ally. I, I'm, I am of mostly Caucasian descent mm -hmm. and I, I am female, but I am an ally. And, and by starting those conversations, we, we can do that as well. And we can hold space for those folks that can then give a voice and the, and the next step is to educate yourself. Yes. If there is something you don't know about a particular culture or a partic particular race or particular subject, become more informed. Yes. Arm yourself with the tools necessary. This is what we are constantly doing. And we're not perfect by no means. You know, We may put something out there and realize, oh, we need to go now and make sure we educate ourselves extensively on a particular subject we may have spoken about in a previous episode. And so I think just by putting it out there, you're acknowledging that vocally, that there is a problem. And now... I need to go learn to arm myself with the tools to have these conversations with my students and with my peers. And my colleagues mm -hmm. and fellow actors. And I think that is one thing that I've really discovered the past week is how many students that have come to me and said, can I have a space to talk about mm -hmm. certain situations I've been in? And I, I don't know how to approach this situation because I feel like I am in a uncomfortable environment or a toxic environment or I don't understand why this is happening mm -hmm. how can I how can I approach it and I think by just saying we need to have these conversations and we need to empower especially our students and young folks and not just students but young folks in the industry to say you have a voice if you are uncomfortable if there's a, if it's an environment that you don't feel safe in if you feel like someone is doing something that is inappropriate or that is hurtful or toxic to you, to be able to allow them to say, yes, you should have a voice. Yes, you need to say something. It's not like it was when we were younger, when we just show up and let whatever <laughs> happen, happen. and shut up and you do the job. You you dance through the pain, you sing through the pain. You let people treat you like total yep. crud. And you know, that- That's no longer acceptable. It's it not no an acceptable, acceptable pedagogy. Maybe it was never an acceptable pedagogy, but- It was accepted though. Yes. It has been accepted. Norm. Right. 
And I think it was ideally coming from a place of we need to toughen you up to prepare you for an industry that is unforgiving. And I get that component. But that but is I think bull we crap. Can, oh, no, I agree. But I think we can prepare our students for a, for a relentless industry by preparing them to be emotionally and physically strong yes. uh, in a myriad of different kinds of ways. And offering the space for them to have feelings and mm-hmm. to say, hey, I don't know. But we have to start that space. And we yeah. have to start that for folks even that are 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Because that is, that's that's just junk. That doesn't work anymore. That negativity, that toxic environment, and that disrespect to folks in this industry, it just doesn't work anymore. And so I'm empowering everybody out there. That's right. Use your voice. Use your voice. Don't and, be afraid to say it. There yeah. are power in numbers. Absolutely. So Tim, <laughs> now that we've had that lovely conversation, yes. <laughs> what is the puzzler for all those folks out there that right. are they're wondering what the answer is? So what musical won the Pulitzer Prize in 1975 and the Tony Award for Best Musical that same year? And the answer is a, a chorus, chorus line. And I, I had to bring that one up because we just started rehearsals. Uh, shout out to my cast. They are, I mean, they are sounding incredible. Our MD is just like beaming from ear to ear. Nicola, shout out to you as well. <laughs> You're doing an amazing job with the cast. Um, and I have just re fall in love with this musical. I think it has such a powerful story to tell. I think uh, the, the simplicity of it, but the idea of the history of it coming from this idea of a workshop and organically talking about the lives of dancers. dancers based on in a real room, people. Mm-hmm, based on real people. And and you can feel that 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 truth coming through and manifesting on stage. And we're really excited to share it with everybody in mid-March. All of you out there, you're putting in those audition breakdowns. Yeah. Congratulations. You're doing it. We're seeing the change. And we're seeing the change in the creative team. You have Nicola, who's an amazing female-identifying MD. You have Allison, amazing rock star, female-identifying choreographer. And you're setting that up. And, yeah, and and it's just taking the taking I mean it's not even a risk I know it's just having the imagination to move to to explore things and 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 allow our audience to see shows in a new light we've talked about this in the past and I'm excited to share this with our audience I think it, uh, anybody that has a perceived idea of what a chorus line is if you know me you know my directorial <laughs> vision for shows I tend to take things a complete opposite direction of course with love and care and respect to the original intentions of the work sure but um I'm nervous and scared to take on this uh, new vision for this show, and I, but I think it's going to pay off. But that is how we make positive change happen, mm-hmm. taking a risk and making change actually happen in our everyday life. And we hope you do that as well out there. Have a great week, everyone. 